when I would go to bars in New York in 2017, be like, I'm building a system to disrupt all you bankers. Like I would tell guys that at bars, like really, really cool. And then like, I lived through my first crash in 2018 and like definitely was humbled and, um, uh, humbled, not because the price fell humbled because people got laid off. People were calling it a scam, like all this stuff, but I didn't think it was. And I, I knew I was so inspired by everyone building that I was like, I'm staying put. Welcome to Unraveling Crypto, where we simplify big and complex ideas in Bitcoin, blockchain, Web3, and tech, while connecting you with entrepreneurs, builders, and leaders building at the edge of innovation. I am Vane, your host. Welcome back, everyone, to Unraveling Crypto. Today, we got Maggie on the pod. I am so excited to have you on. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, when I first came into the space, you were definitely someone um, my good friend Andre recommended to jump in and learn. Um, and that's when I applied to the Shifi cohort. Um, and I'm really thankful and we'll get into all the like nitty gritty of what you're doing and what you've been building. Um, but I just want to say I'm really grateful for that. And that's like raised me to the first question I love to ask my guests, which is what are you most grateful for right now? What am I most grateful for right now? Uh, the list feels never ending these days. Uh, so much to be grateful for. Uh, I try to practice gratitude mm. daily. Uh, right now, we just launched this participate to earn NFT collection called RoboNovas. And I built that with a close friend uh, named Brenner. And then our artist in-house at Shifi designed the RoboNovas, took this idea I had for how I wanted the PFPs to look and brought it to life with the ethos and our values and thinking outside of the box. And then, uh, you know, Kiki and Fevin on my team as well, making sure it had a great and smooth launch and just everyone came together to make that happen. And I'm really grateful for my team and the people I get to build and collaborate and create with. You know, it's and it's really wonderful to feel so supported in making these ideas you have come to life. So that's what I'm grateful for. All the support, uh, my team and the people I get to get to work with. Oh, I love that. And, you know, one of the common themes I hear often, I mean, and I even say it from anyone that's in the space, it's just the community and the support that we get is it's unparalleled. Um, so the next question is, what's your superpower? So perhaps that thing that you have been doing since you were a child is just innate. My superpower. Uh, yeah, I would say one of my superpowers is being able to uh, light up a room and bring joy to other people. It's something I love to do, and I feel um, that it's innately one of my callings. So uh, I would say that's when I try to live out, whether I'm teaching or I'm DJing for a friend's party or I'm just meeting you for a coffee. I'm here to be uh, someone who cheers you on and, and uh, leaves you inspired and 
and gets you inspired. And I try to do all that with joy. So that is one of my superpowers and always something I've done ever since I was uh, a little kid. (laughs) Oh my God. I love this. And I can totally, totally feel this. Um, So for the guests, for the community here, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah, just about yourself? Yes. Let's get started. Okay. So I'm Maggie Love. As you know, I currently am in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm very deep in the Web3 space. Uh, But I grew up in the Midwest and my whole life I grew up singing and dancing, ballet, tap, jazz, musical theater, Uh, sang with the jazz combo in high school, was a big theater nerd, and um, realized for many reasons as I was going into undergrad that maybe that wasn't the best thing because I noticed a lot of people I danced with professionally, uh, like had to go back to school and like weren't that happy. And I was like, wait, I love dancing and music so much. Like I never wanted to become um, something that doesn't bring me joy, (laughs) going back to the joy thing. So I went to undergrad. I started off in journalism, actually. And uh, once again, a semester into that, my teachers weren't happy. They weren't happy with their jobs. It was just like a group of, you know, it was a really good school, but I didn't, I wasn't feeling inspired by anybody. And I was like, wait, I'm working really hard. I don't, I don't want to go into a career that I'm not inspired by. And um, then I started just doing more like liberal arts and getting a lot of other classes in. And, you know, I think now actually that, journalism experience I did get has really fed well into my career now, but I couldn't mm-hmm. see those dots until now all connecting. Uh, after school, did what everybody does. Here I am saying I wanted to be inspired and I went to consulting and a couple of years in that, looked at the people around me. They didn't see happy. This is kind of a theme in my life and was like, well, I don't want to be unhappy. Like it's already very hard to get on a plane twice a week. Uh, then I got into product at IBM Watson. That was really exciting moved out to New York, was working out of Astor Place. And it was during that time where I heard about blockchain. Mm. So I was in a corporate strategy meeting for Watson and Financial Services in 2016. And IBM was trying to figure out everything they should focus on in financial services. So blockchain came up. There's this guy in the on the phone. It wasn't like a virtual, you know, screens weren't as popular back in the day. People weren't <laughs> in the room, they were on the phone. And so he was saying like blockchain, blockchain, blockchain. And everyone's like, can you mute him? He's so annoying. And I was like, wait, someone's excited about something at IBM. Like, I'm going to look into that. And uh, went to ask, uh, went to Union Square, Barnes and Noble in New York City, uh, typed blockchain into the search engine there and uh, picked up a book called The Blockchain Revolution. And I read it about two days and was like totally hooked cross-border remittances, uh, any type of data attestation, identity, land, you name it, provenance, and really seemed like it could do some good in the world. And I was like, okay, I have to, I don't like really know what this is, but like I have to be doing something in it. And I was just super curious about it. So I'd yeah. spend all this time uh, during work, after work, trying to find jobs, figure out what this Bitcoin, Ethereum thing was. And then, you know, finally made my way to consensus in 2017 I found somebody on LinkedIn and a friend of a friend connected me and uh, landed at Consensus in Bushwick in a flat uh, where I met many incredible people. We were all building towards the same things. And uh, the rest is history. Co-founded my first company in 2018. It's called Web3 Cloud. 
and we build uh, infrastructure for Web3 protocols. And then in 2019, I started getting ideas about Shifi and launched it publicly in 2020. And I'm still very focused on those two things today. I've had many lives in the crypto space. I've worked on many, many uh, different projects, uh, some in the storytelling and sci-fi universe space, uh, some helping large enterprises trying to figure out what their blockchain strategy is. And uh, it's been quite the roller coaster, uh, but an incredible personal career growth uh, journey, taking that risk and, and joining this wild, wild west of a space. Yeah, so that's I, a bit about me, where I'm from and where I'm at. Well, I mean, thank you for that, because I think, you know, when I when I look at you, Maggie, it's really inspiring to see like how you show up, what you've created. But before we go into a little bit about like the workspace right now in Web3 and where we're entering, I want to like ask you, what was the crypto like that, like that aha moment for crypto that you're like, yes, this is like I am totally like involved in it like that moment what would you say or what was that thing that caught you yes i lived in new york i moved here about seven or eight years ago and i was really highly exposed to the financial industry my roommate was dating a guy in banking she had been through banking and um started hanging out with him a lot and realized you know back in 2016 that they had this like language in this club and these things they talked about that were mm. just uh, removed from me. Like I didn't go to banking. I didn't have that click. I wasn't being caught up on deals and markets. And there was just like this whole universe that I, even if I was in the room, there was so much jargon yeah. and, and like no one was talking to me or trying to explain it to me. Like nobody was inviting me in. And I just kept finding myself in these spaces. And before I decided to join the crypto space, I was thinking about going to business school and joining a hedge fund. Like I had um, realized how, whether we like to admit it or not, moving money really moves the world. And yeah. it is something that gives you this club, this network, this upside potential for your life. You don't even have to be the smartest person in the room. You're in the room and you know what they're saying. And um, you're in the club and your ability to turn that into value and wealth is, is very real. So what really got me excited about um, crypto and blockchain and Ethereum was this social impact angle, but was also this angle that nobody could tell me I couldn't invest in it. Mm. Now that's changed a bit since we've had VC backed protocols, but Ethereum was a community uh, backed protocol. There was uh, no going to raise from VC funds. So I, at 27 years old, could enter this space, could know it was on the edge of technology, could see a bunch of builders, and I could start investing my money. And that was incredibly empowering. Uh, female, living in New York, making it on my own, trying to pay for my own apartment. Like Money uh, is important to me. And I find that crypto broke down all those walls. It made it incredibly accessible. And I felt like for once, I could see something, invest in it, see where it's going, believe in it, and all those walls are broken down. So I was really excited about continuing to break down those uh, walls of Wall Street and the barriers of banking. And that's what really was my big aha moment. I could invest, I could send it anywhere. 
and it was in my own wallet. So I was totally sovereign over that money. So I, from that moment in 2017, that really clicked and, um, you know, comes to fruition in 2019 when I have more ideas about how to put that into practice. But I was really empowered by that. And I really want empowerment for all people who were either excluded out of the system, potentially just didn't make that one choice of going into banking. And, uh, and so that's what really was uh, exciting for me. Yeah, I mean, I just everything that you say is just incredible. And I relate a lot because well, I come from a place where money is really taboo. We don't really talk too much about it. I didn't understand. I didn't have any background in finance either. And I think blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all like this new technology really has paved the way for you to become sovereign and educate yourself, something that I feel like our system isn't really well designed in teaching us, especially, you know, I will say if you are a female or underrepresented. And I think this is why Shifa is really powerful in the space because it is inviting and welcoming. So maybe um, if you could share with us about how Shifa came about and what it is. Yeah. So going back to that um, initial, like I truly, when I would go to bars in New York in 2017, be like, I'm building a system to disrupt all you bankers. Like I would tell guys <laughs> that at bars, like really, really cool. And then like, I lived through my first crash in 2018 and like definitely was humbled and um, uh, humbled, not because the price fell humbled because people got laid off. People were calling it a scam, mm-hmm. like all this stuff, but I didn't think it was. And I, I knew I was so inspired by everyone building that I was like, I'm staying put. So uh, 2019, um, all this activity starts to uh, pop up in a vertical called decentralized finance or DeFi. Mm -hmm. And so that initial reason I was excited, that thing that connected the dots, like accessible wealth and value creation, uh, started really becoming usable with decentralized finance protocols existing and being in production. And everyone in the consensus office where I worked at the time was like, DeFi, 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 are you using DeFi? Are you putting your money in compound? Are you earning 11% interest? And I looked at everybody using it and uh, building it and marketing it and doing legal for it and operations for it. Like every single role that was doing DeFi was 100% male. (laughs) And there was women at the company, they just weren't moved into like all the new DeFi stuff. And uh, I was like, okay, wait. I got excited about this space because of financial accessibility. Here it's being built, but everybody building it has already benefited from traditional finance. And they were going around saying like, we're building the future of finance, it's more inclusive and accessible. But the truth was, is that they weren't doing anything uh, to bring those groups of people in other than the technology existing. So uh, it was beginning of 2019. And once again, I was just like very curious. I was like, how do I get in on this? How do I participate? And I happened to be having a random coffee catching up with a friend and he was telling me that they did this basketball tournament, the NCAA bracket, and everybody that put their money into the pot. So everyone puts their money into a pot and one person wins it if they guess the right team winning. Uh, While the NCAA bracket was going on during the month of March, uh, they put that pot of money into a DeFi protocol and it was earning interest. And he's like, and it doesn't matter if it gets hacked because only one person's getting the money anyway. 
So all those people were willing to take the risk because the money was not theirs anymore. And I like immediately took that moment and was like, there's something here. We weren't even talking about DeFi or, you know, Shifi wasn't even a word yet. So, uh, you know, paying attention to that conversation, being ready for moments of inspiration. I was like taking risks with money that you're unattached to in some way. Yeah. Like this is, this is the nugget. And then I was home, you know, I want to say a couple months later and I was just running and I was meditating on decentralized finance, how to get women comfortable playing with money, how to get them to be uh, bigger risk takers because they're not attached to the outcome. And just like saying random words in my head as I'm on this run, like listening to EDM. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, DeFi, Shifi, Shifi, Shifi. That's really good. Like that's, that's, that's fun. And um, felt a little divinely inspired. It was fall, like September, I want to say. Um, and I went home and I told my parents and they're like, yeah, we don't even know what you really do still, but like, that's a great name. Like you need to do something with that. And DeFi was really popping up in 2019. A lot of people were talking about it. And so I went back to the consensus Slack, typed a note to the women of consensus Slack and said, Hey, I'm launching a program called SheFi. We're all going to learn about DeFi together, put our money in different protocols and talk about it. I'll set up the structure. I'll teach you what the protocol is. We'll do a deep dive. And then we'll be able to put our money into it being super informed. And then we can talk about the outcome and it's going to be structured. Are you in? And everybody was like, absolutely. Because, you know, people are busy, like whatever they're doing legal for, like they don't have time to go also like become a DJ or whatever. So I wanted to provide that container and um, I also wanted to launch it myself and I wanted to not to be attached to where I was working or anybody else. Like this is, uh, you know, something I really felt inspired to do. And so, you know, I set up my own company and consensus was very supportive of that. And, uh, then I launched it in April, 2020. Like I had been working on it through the end of 2019. I think I'd even done like my first onboarding course in like January, February of 2020. And then, you know, I have this big plan and, and, uh, uh, COVID happens and lockdown happens. And it's a really big time of uncertainty and chaos and people are losing jobs and people don't have money and we're going to need the government to give us money. And um, I launched April 16, 2020 uh, amidst all that, because I figured while it's not the right time for everybody to join Shifi, uh, people who do have money and who are looking for ways to diversify it uh, and who are seeing kind of the underpinnings of our system crack might say, this is for me. And we'll get out of this thing. And then, you know, it'll eventually be for more people. It doesn't have to be for everybody the moment you launch it. So launched it from a locked down apartment. And it's been a beautiful journey ever since. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, well, I love everything that you're saying. And I have a question regarding like what you were thinking and your process in building something, right? Building something that you were, it's essentially out of your comfort zone. And I think it happens to many of us too, where we enter a new space and we want to create, we, we want to do something, but it's kind of scary. Like what were, what was your process of just like putting yourself out there and um, maybe you're not a full expert, but you do know a little bit more. Um, like what's the mindset? there that you and like what would you recommend for anybody else that wants to build yeah because i didn't have a finance background and i don't i'm technical but i wasn't like deeply technical so Mm -hmm. how is i going to understand 
smart contracts and financial concepts and uh, all of that. When I started, there was about four or five DeFi protocols. So there was MakerDAO, Aave, Uniswap, Compound. Um, maybe there's like, there's an insurance one. And that felt like uh, I could do that. Mm. Like, I'm like, I can learn five protocols. And like, I just have this uh, deep belief that I can learn anything. Maybe not, you know, maybe I can't go to get my PhD in astrophysics, but I really have always had a hard time being put in a box. And mm. there were certain things I struggled with in school. It's not that, but, you know, I just was like, if you dedicate time and energy to understanding something, you should be able to learn it. Like, I deeply believe that. And I think there is a lot of um, social structures that make us think that's not true. Mm. Because you go to work, you get a job, you have to climb the ladder of that job. There are certain roles you have to fulfill for that job. But people do change jobs all the time. Uh, and so I was just like, well, why not me? Why can't I understand this? There's just a couple of them. And I was committed to the grind of it hurting the first few times or like the words not always making sense the first two times. And like, that's going to be okay. Like it's, you know, uh, it's going to be a small set of protocols. It's going to be hard at first. The more I read about it, the more I dig into it, the more I go and try to figure out how it relates to traditional finance, a like deep period of research. And I tried putting it and communicating in my own words uh, it'll make sense. And I actually think that process works. Like people say writing is very helpful to understanding something. So mm -hmm. doing the research and then trying to put it in your own words and then sharing it with people and also having like my first cohort was a beta cohort. So it was my uh, female counterparts at consensus. So no big deal. If something's sort of off, nobody's going to come here and like, you know, <laughs> go and be like Maggie's uh, Maggie doesn't know what she's talking about. And uh, also creating that environment of, well, I am the teacher right now. We are learning together. Mm -hmm. So I'm open to your feedback and I'm open to uh, getting that support. And then I did ask my male counterparts for help. Like when I was done creating something, I'd be like, hey, does this curriculum look good? Like, do you have a couple minutes to help me on this topic? Uh, my friend worked at the Uniswap Foundation. I was like, uh, how is this, you know, retelling of Uniswap? You know, slated on the road, but V3. So also not being afraid to ask for help. Yeah. But I think the main to like put that down in a couple bullets, start small. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have to bite off more than you can chew. It can be a proof of concept. Chifi wasn't a plus, you know, 1700 me members immediately. I was very intentional about starting small and growing, uh, growing small almost until I was really confident, um, you know, like, committing to learning, like we have GPT, chat GPT now, so maybe it'll be easier, but throwing yourself into research, throwing yourself into a learner's mindset, and then trying to say it in your own words, uh, getting feedback, asking for help, and then creating an environment where it's like, we're all going to be learning together. Yeah. Open to you pointing something out I did wrong. Not going to go home and shut, shut the shop down because, because I may have missed something, especially the first time I was ever teaching it. So I think those all those factors really fed into uh, how I got started with it and how I got myself ready for it. And I was super curious about finance. I was super curious about yeah. decentralized finance. So I was 
learning about things I wanted to learn about. Like that's also what they say is one of the number one things to getting to people, getting people to learn. They have to want to learn about it. Yeah. So I also really wanted to learn about it because I wanted, I want to be financially empowered and I want uh, the people around me uh, that I care about uh, to be financially empowered as well. And those are my female friends, non-binary friends, uh, then people who've also felt the way I have felt or people who've really been left out of these systems. So I was like, how do I continue to bring that to the, you know, all the people I know and I want to serve? Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things that most of us are afraid of is like this wanting everything to be perfect before we launch it out into the world. And ultimately, it's about iterating, getting better. You're never going to be perfect the same or like great the first time off. But at least, you know, like the first time is like the worst time you'll be. And then like you'll get better and get better. So, yeah, I really feel like that's super important to highlight. Um where is Shifai heading to? Where do you see Shifai going? I know, like you mentioned earlier in the in the pod, that yesterday was the launch of the Mint for Robonovas, and they're super adorable. And not only that, I think the way that you are using um, this NFTs is really unique, and especially because we're I think we're in a time where we're a little over the current nft space so yeah. you're putting a spin to it in a really unique way that is at the core of what you're saying at the core of shifi and you're not trying to do something just because everyone's doing so tell us a little bit about that i think that's another thing like i don't do think i i think i don't do things that other people do like i never really watched the office i don't know so i have like a bit of this like small mm. like streak where i like to just like I don't know. It's weird. It's honestly not. It's weird. Okay. But um, let's talk about the RoboNovas and then just maybe a bit more broadly about what's in store for Shifi. So yes, uh, last year, everyone was launching PFP collections and DAOs and there did feel like there was potentially this pressure to like yeah. get on the bandwagon, like make sure we're also doing that. And um, at the core, it like never felt correct. I didn't have the right idea, the way it happened, like the way that we'd have to structure it and do all the marketing. And like, that was going to be a huge, uh, part of my energy and mind share. Mm. And it just didn't feel super authentic. And, um, my focus is that everyone who comes to class has the best experience ever. So if things feel like they're going to get too big and take away from that, then I'm not doing it because you signed up for class. You got a scholarship or you paid and you get a hundred percent of Maggie loves brain energy and all of that, that I can give. So we were looking at the PFP space and we were just like, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel aligned and I'm pretty intuitive. And so I was like, it's okay. If it happens one day, it happens. And so something I've always wanted for Shifi is some type of quest or some way to actually incentivize the activities that I'm asking you to do each week. Mm -hmm. So download your wallet, send your first transaction, bridge your tokens to a layer two, swap on Uniswap, be a chapter lead in Shifi. And I have had many iterations of this. We had an air table where people were going to self-report. 
and it would be an automated email thing and you'd get like points, but like, how do we determine points for things and like tokens? And once again, it's like nothing really felt aligned, like, uh, in terms of how much work it was going to take. Yeah. And like, we haven't really figured out what this, these like non-fungible token point things are going to be. And so, yeah, I was just like, bummer. I really want to find a way to incentivize people to do these activities. And, um, then, you know, the space has matured a lot since I launched Shefi in 2020. And I saw a good friend, uh, Brenner Spear, who's the founder of the metagame. He started building different NFTs that showcased your activity. So he built one that was like a heartbeat of like your first transaction. And he had this flower garden of different, like that the flowers would grow based on how many NFTs you minted in that account. And he started working with some DAOs to get people to vote by creating these NFTs. And I was like, I found the tweet and I sent it to him and I was like, we're doing something for Shefi. Like, this is perfect. Like now we can incentivize Web3 activities for members. The reason that I find that important is my three pillars are education, experimentation, and community. And I really believe uh, experimentation builds experience, which builds confidence. And uh, really what I'm trying to do in Shifa is instill confidence in you that you can learn, you can reinvent yourself, you can become a web three person, you can use it in your businesses. Like it's really, the vision is much bigger than just like come learn yeah. web three, but all these little activities you do build that confidence. And, um, and then we just started jamming on it and I wanted it not to be a female, uh, PFP collection because I wanted to be more inclusive and also like uh, I just wanted to have more fun with the the traits and stuff. So I worked with my artist and I said, you know, Shifi is retro, future, disco, <laughs> celestial, like dreamy, vibey. And we just started talking about all these words that mean a lot to Shifi and the values of, you know, inclusiveness and kindness and openness and curiosity. And so we had like a jam session on that. And she came back with these Robo Novas. And I was like, these are amazing. Like Alyssa May Tumlos is the artist. She's a real artist. And I've been working with her since day one of Shifi. And I'm incredibly grateful for her. So, you know, NFTs and quests and all of that, I wanted to happen, but only when it served the purpose of serving the community. Yeah. And so we're at the place with all these tools and technologies where we can uh, create these, I'm calling it participate to earn NFTs. So you participate by doing a Web3 activity or something in our community, and you'll be able to earn a trait. And we'll work to figure out like what those traits are, and there'll be a combination of your on-chain activity. So you know if you put in your wallet, it'll just pull the activities you've done. And maybe some of the community stuff will have to be like through a form. But yeah, that's really what it's all about. And that is what the that is the point of these tools. Yeah. Like an NFT isn't supposed to just solve your life problems and, you know, make you wealthy overnight. Or, you know, if your art wasn't selling in web two world, like all of a sudden you're guaranteed a sale in the web three yeah. world. Like these are just tools and technologies and everything else has to come together around it. And so what I like about this is we're using the tools in a way that serves people's uh, goals for learning and participation. And so that's what gets me excited about the Web3 space, uh, continuing to find ways and get creative around how do we encourage, inspire, 
and uh, allow people to show off uh, all the exciting things that they do in the Web3 space. You know, I really love what you say, because I think that from the outside in, it can be really easy to say it's just going to get you rich quick or it can feel like it's this way of just getting a lot of money. And now we're seeing a lot more innovation, creativity, like you're saying, in unique ways of just being an evolution of what we currently are doing. I've been in a lot of actually group programs. I love learning. That's a really big part of what I love to do. Um, And I have seen how gamification is so important for you to stay involved and how you can track and what you can earn maybe along the way. And I really appreciate this. Like I, I mentioned my own and I'm really excited for that. So like looking more out into the future, where do you want to see Shifi and what's the big macro picture? Yeah. Looking out in the future, uh, this is a really fun year for me because the past couple of years, I've been creating so much content and building the classes yeah. that that like long-term future planning hasn't always felt uh, like a priority or something I could do. It was just running cohorts, getting people excited, getting to the point where it's like, let's blow the top off off this and get as many people into a cohort as we can now that it's really well-oiled and uh, yeah. working correctly and stress test us in that way. Like, can we handle onboarding 600 women and figured out we can. So let's, let's keep doing it. Uh, this year and, and going forward, we're really going to focus on what I'm calling the experiential layer to Shifi. Uh, Shifi was born in lockdown and so it was virtual <laughs> classes mostly. And so now we want to do at least one, but maybe two big Shifi summits a year. And the goals of those are bringing in the top female and non-binaries, thinkers, builders, leaders to inspire and create a day of education, uh, connecting and building together. And we're hosting our first one in Paris, in Paris on July 16th. Uh, the keynote is Malcolm Demors, the uh, chief strategy officer of CoinShares. And we already have a couple exciting uh, big name sponsors locked in. And there'll be a party in the Eiffel Tower after the event. And the purpose of having someone like Meltem is big picture. Why does this matter? Like every single talk, I want you to leave inspired and thinking about, you know, the impact of this. So like if we're going to talk about ZK technology, like why does privacy matter to, you know, uh, to women, like to our, why is that a right for us and what can this enable? And like, you know, not just like, why do we need scaling? Like you can go to ETHCC for that. Uh, I want it to be like, just like everyone there. I want to be like, yes, I'm super excited about this space. And we are going to have a lot of time for facilitated connecting Mm -hmm. and making sure that you make those, making sure that you leave feeling like you made a lot of fruitful and meaningful connections. So that's really going to be the focus of those events. And then maybe we'll have a Robo Nova themed party in the Eiffel Tower, just maybe. So be on the lookout for a lot more Shifi events in person Um, and everything from big picture to helping you negotiate salary, like all of that will be included. And um, yeah, that's one thing. And then we'll see, uh, we're going to still run cohorts. We're going to, you know, try to have a big recruiting season 
And uh, that will still happen for the next couple of years, I imagine. And maybe in like three years, we go fully digital because life for me will have changed uh, potentially. But yeah, events are on a roadmap. Um, and, you know, we're, we started this newsletter uh, that'll come out twice a month and it'll be about any topic. It'll be about that relates to our mission. Financial freedom is feminine. So we're going to bring back in some personal finance coaches. You might have a female leader in AI talk about like, how does that relate to our value and wealth creation? And, you know, really the goal of that is to keep bringing you experts who can help you understand what's going on in all of these spaces as it relates to that mission. So that's something we're going to be focusing on a lot as well, because now that we have this community, it's my goal to make sure the most relevant yeah. information is fed to you uh, or brought to you uh, that relates to our mission. And Web3 is incredibly core to that. And then other pieces of that can paint a fuller picture of what that uh, mission looks like for each individual. So those are like two things, events, uh, really making sure we're serving our members uh, the best content on multiple platforms and running running cohorts. So not too much different than what is happening now. And what's different about this year is like last year, we did a bunch of smaller events. Once yeah. again, we're a very like test first and then, you know, pull the bandaid off and grow. And um, we had a lot of fun doing them. So we're incredibly excited about this next one coming up and uh, potentially another one before the end of the year, or if not, maybe uh, two big ones next year. Okay. Yeah. This is really exciting. I question for you. Did you see this vision in the very beginning of Shifai or did you kind of just follow the breadcrumbs and then kind of like, like where inspiration hit and then now it's like, wow, this is this big, amazing thing that you've created. Yeah, that's a really wonderful question. The need was so obvious, like there was a problem in 2019. Uh, there was no women using DeFi. And the report at the beginning of 2020 said that 99% of DeFi users were male in the ages between 20 and 25. So like, that's what I was serving. There was like an, a market need. Like they're talking about, you know, we talk about product market fit all the time and how important <laughs> that is. Yeah. Uh, there was product market fit. There was no women using uh, DeFi. But had I had a full picture of like events and newsletters and uh, it growing so much and, and being on podcasts with wonderful people like you, like definitely not. I, I can't say like the picture was so clear, but... I felt intuitively this was what I was supposed to bring to the world. Yeah. So in, instead of being like, I need to have everything figured out, like events in three years, and we're going to talk about NFTs in two years and DAOs and Web3 social, like none of that existed. And it's all part of my content now. But um, I, the name came to me and I was like, I have a feeling that providing this feminine perspective on finance through the lens of crypto is something I'm innately here to offer the world. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it really came from. Just like deeply trusting that voice that said, yes, Maggie, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And you'll figure out the, uh, the rest along the way was, uh, how it, how it was at that moment in time. Yeah. Um, maybe this leads off into it, but one thing that I'm always curious about is how, you know, feminine led businesses, 
you know, how do you run your business? You talk a lot about intuition too. And of course, it has to be like a healthy blend of, you know, strategy and intuition. But what would you say is kind of like your formula in a sense to where you like to building business or to creating and being a founder? Yeah, that's a very long journey. And we could spend like, I think the rest (laughs) of the time talking about that. And uh, how she I really went from a side hustle to innately becoming more of a business. Mm. And that was a journey of personal growth and uh, coming to terms with that. I'm teaching people about creating value. Like I should be able to charge for that and feelings around like guilt or something like that I had to deal with. And even when I launched she not everybody was a fan of it. So there's been like a lot of little uh, mini testing points of me and who I am and my fiber and how I get myself to the next level. Um, but you know, maybe that's for a different conversation. So how I run my business is, um, you know, I like, like I said, it was a side hustle. So I think there's like less planning back in the day mm. and I had someone helping me, but I think something that I do as a leader is like, I am willing to do all of the work as well. Um, we have a small team, Uh, now I have a team, like I didn't really have a team until last year. I had one person helping me, but I think that I really try to, uh, make sure everyone's having good time, having fun. No one's overloaded on the team. And like, I'm there with you doing things. Like I'm not here, like sitting on a high, uh, cloud or something and being like, do all these things, meet all these demanding deadlines, like all this stuff. And my team is actually pretty, uh, like autonomous in a lot of ways. So Kendriana now runs all of her social media and like, I trust her implicitly. Like I spend like a couple minutes reviewing, I respond to her questions, but like, I'm here to empower her yeah. to do what she does best because she knows way more about this than I do. Uh, same with Alyssa May, the artist, I'm here to ideate, I'm here to help you, but I'm here to empower you. Um, like when it comes to like teaching and classes and creating content, that's really where like I uh, then I'm like in there with you, like doing work. And then, you know, for heaven, she's the ops associate. So just helping me stay organized, really being that person in the community. Like I'm trying to empower her to really like know what it's like to be running all these different pieces. Uh, and so I think that's really like part of it. Like I'm a leader who does and a leader who serves and, um, everyone kind of is like autonomously running their pieces of Shifi after I onboarded them and got them set up. And, you know, I think also as a founder, I have a lot of ideas. I say like the one thing about me as a founder is like, I'm going to ping you every single day with an idea being like, <laughs> I thought of this and then I thought of this and she buy NFTs and this and that. And so like, I have to really think about what ideas once again will best serve the community as a founder as well. Like not just what I want because I have a million ideas truly all the time. Um, and so I try to like really cut through and figure out which ideas I try to think about you all going through the cohort and being a part of the community and like what will actually improve your experience versus Mm -hmm. just a fun idea I have. So I think that's something else as a founder I try to do. I touched on this just like a couple seconds ago, but I don't believe that I can build a business where I'm telling people like you can learn, you can reinvent yourself, you can become that person you want to be if we're all having a bad time. So we're not doing brain surgery. We're not doing anything that like, there are no like crazy deadlines. Like I'm not, even for events, like we really try to have flow. 
So I wouldn't, you know, I won't let there be an environment where people feel stressed, uh, strung out, tired, like they're not being uh, valued at the at their fair value, like any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's too much of that in startup land. But if you work for me, I will make sure that your mental, spiritual health, overall well-being is prioritized over like, oh gosh, we have to post a social media post another day. Like it's okay. So I really try to listen to my team and make sure everyone's okay and having fun because it defeats the purpose. Uh, And I think that would actually come through in, in, uh, in what I do if I was running my company ragged and then pretending on the other side, like we're all good here. Like you can be anything. So that's something I, I hope I can continue to do, right? Like as we grow and scale and expand, make sure that nobody is crying, stressed, overworked, any of that. So those are the things I try to do, serve, think about the community first when I have all my ideas and then make sure everyone building Shifi is uh, taken care of as a whole person while they're working with me. Yeah. And also what I hear from me, it's like it's a holistic approach and it's sustainable. And I think that's we often forget that it like for the long run, we need incremental, you know, sustainable steps. Um, so, yeah, really love that. We are wrapping up. And this last section is called a lightning round. And it's just a series of questions that I ask quickly and you can without thinking too much, answer them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's okay. go. Your favorite book. My favorite book. I just finished reading an incredible book. Why isn't the name coming to me? Um, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Ooh. It's um, it's amazing. Okay. Ten ten read recommend. Okay. Do it. Your go to drink. My go to drink. I'm not drinking that much these days, but I love a good glass of like a Cabernet Sauvignon, like a nice fat glass of red wine. Mm. And one thing you cannot stand. One thing I cannot stand is one thing I cannot stand is being cold. <laughs> I can't. I really, 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 really dislike being cold. Like extremely panic about getting out of the shower. That's how much I dislike being cold. <laughs> um, one piece of advice you want to share with everyone right now. Follow your curiosities and listen to your intuition. There's like many micro moments every day where my intuition tells me to do something. Mm. And it's like, pick that thing up. And I'm like, oh no, I'll I'll remember to do it. And I don't, it's like, listen to those moments. So then when it's telling you a big download, like start your own company, you'll be, you'll be listening to it. So, uh, follow your curiosity and listen to your intuition. I absolutely love that. Um, your favorite place on earth. My favorite place on earth. Earth is so beautiful. Uh, my favorite place on earth would have to be just anywhere in Japan. I went in 2019 for a crypto conference. It changed my life. A gorgeous, beautiful, intentional country. Mm. And last question. What do you love most about yourself? What do I love most about myself? Um, I love my curly hair. Mm. And I'm saying that after I spent my 20s, like straightening it and beating it into something it wasn't. And I think very much part of my founder journey has been part of a deep self-acceptance and love of everything about myself. So my hair is a reminder every day that I've come so far in that journey. Uh, Yes. Maggie, thank you so much for taking the time for like just sharing your incredibleness with all of us. Um, Yeah, just 
everyone, please follow uh, Maggie and Shifai if it'll be all in the notes. But if you love this episode, please share it with someone that you absolutely love. And yeah, I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you.